Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions on Facebook or Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Today is Monday, October 19th. And it is the first day of early voting here in Florida. Um, so you have an opportunity. There's an election, Taylor? <laughs> yeah. Have an opportunity till November 1st, I believe, uh, before you just will only be able to vote on election day. I didn't but, know there was an election going on. I w- I, that's surprising. <laughs> you, know, you would think there would be more uh, advertisements, more phone calls, oh, more texts. Yeah. Uh, I'm about done with the text. That's crazy. My wife gets text, and it's to every member of her family. Like, but it's sent to her. So, hey, James, blah 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 blah. Hey, you know, all these different names, and she's like, those aren't me. But she gets them constantly. Well, um, it, it is quite an interesting time. Again, we are uh, in 2020, where anything as crazy can happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're just tuning in, um, like Taylor said, I'm Doug McCary. This is SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And we uh, have been working through the book of Hebrews. We'll get into that in the second, third, and fourth segments of this program. But usually the first segment, we just talk about what's going on out in the news. There's been quite a bit. Uh, if you look, I, Taylor, you and I have not been on since last Thursday. Uh, actually, yeah, we were on, we were on, yeah, we were, were we on Thursday? Yeah, we, Thursday, we not, were Thursday, yeah. but we, but the Thursday night was yeah. the town hall. And it was rather interesting because, uh, Joe Biden uh, has always been pro-homosexual rights, uh, which is, uh, you might as well just say anti-God values, because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been for the LGBTQ plus agenda, ever how many uh, things you want to throw on there, because mm-hmm. it's progressive. Um, but specifically on Thursday night, he got a question from a mom who was apparently European by her accent, mm. uh, who asked about her eight-year-old child being transgender, that she was concerned for her. Now, first of all, how would an eight-year-old even know what transgender was unless somebody had... They wouldn't know that. That's not mm. innate to us. We don't know that innately. You have to be taught that yeah. uh, to even know that word you have to be taught that and so he came out and basically said zero discrimination for lgbtq uh he just was flat out said that and then he told a story about his dad and al moeller who's going to be our guest thursday on uh, on the radio program in fact if Go ahead and put that on your calendar. Thursday, Al Moeller from uh, Southern Seminary up in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, who's really, really a brilliant uh, thinker and reads widely, reads, and and he puts out this thing called the um, 
the briefing every day, and it's really good uh, where he looks at issues. But he just he made a comment, and I tend to agree with him that he doesn't believe Joe Biden's story is real. The one he said fifty years ago, his dad, who was a devout Catholic, was was so progressive in his thinking that he saw two men hugging and said, that's okay, Joe, that's love. I mean, like, that's what he said in the town meeting. And uh, Biden has been known to exaggerate his stories before. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's been several times where he's been identified uh, as doing that and caught in that. And so, anyway, um, he's... He just made that to make a point and make it sound all good about what he was dealing with. But as believers, if you're out there and you're taking that in, that should concern you. I mean, he effectively said that, you know, at eight years old, you can transition with no problems, nothing. And that, you know, transitioning is no no discrimination. Yeah, pretty irreversible, uh, you know, in a lot of instances. So uh, that's, I mean... At eight, like regardless of where you stand on the issue, you would think that at eight years old, you'd be like, "Well, okay, no, that's that's a bridge too far." But no, that increasingly that is where um, those elements in the culture who feel that and believe that way think, "No, that's that's acceptable. That's good. That's what we should do. That's how you help the child." Hmm. Um, which, I mean, to to most of us, I think, I hope uh, that's that that's not helping the child. That's uh, disturbing. Well, the other thing was, um, is, you know, what is it saying about our country right now that, that a person who not just is okay with it, we're not talking tolerance, we're mm-hmm. talking about affirmation mm-hmm. and, and, and Kamala Harris is more radical than Joe Biden yeah, in this and I just, I really struggle just on a, a, a heart level to know how believers can support that. Even if it's one thing to say they tolerate it, mm-hmm. but to another to protect it legally is, is a big thing. I think it's, it's anti God values. Well, That's yeah. And a legal protection, uh, in a, I mean, if you, I know there was a case in Texas where a father and a mother disagreed on the child and so they were going back and forth in the courts but uh, you know according to what biden seems to suggest it would be well if the mother feels that he is a she and the father doesn't eh, well we're going to go with what the mother says and um yeah allow transitioning to go um yeah that's just (laughs) that's dangerous uh territory because it's going to lead to not only are we protecting this class but now you must affirm this lifestyle or this uh, immutable characteristic, you must affirm it. Otherwise, the the full weight of the law might be coming down on your head. Well, and here's the other thing that um, Moeller brought out that I thought was interesting is that the radicals were still not satisfied. The LGBTQ activists were not satisfied with what he said. Mm. They, I mean, they were... They wanted him to go even further, and and they they kind of some people explained it away because he's older and he doesn't you know know the language and stuff that maybe he just 
didn't really get into detail, but, um, you know, think, just think about that, that they're not satisfied. I mean, I listen to it and I'm sitting there going, I can't believe he just said that. Yeah. They're going, I can't believe he just said it because they wanted more radical. And it's almost like, you know, when uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett said sexual preference and got jumped on by the senator from Hawaii mm-hmm. because she said that's, that's um, you know, that's a derogatory term. It's offensive. And they, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, that whole thing is just interesting to me that where we've come, how fast the sexual deviance um, revolution has come to our country. So now that we're talking transgender is they're trying to make it normative. It's not normative and push it on children, you know, that, that they're trying to make it to that extent that, you know, that it's good and acceptable and it would be a harm not to let a child transition when we don't let children make a whole lot of decisions until they're 18 for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not surprising, I guess, if you look at the ideology and that you know the radicals have been pushing for stuff like this for a, for a while, for a few years. But to hear it come from a presidential candidate is like, whoa. Well, here's what here's what they got upset about because he made a comment uh, and he said um, when he was speaking about his late son Bo Biden working mm-hmm. in uh, the Delaware office. Uh, I think he was attorney general there, and he said he described a person in his son's office as a young man who became a woman. Mm-hmm. So well, this- a trans person doesn't become a person of another gender. That's what they're saying. They are who they are. Um, was and, and he said he was the guy that got the first transgender law passed because of a young man who became a woman. He said that, and I think that's what they got upset about. And so when you think about it, um, I mean, how fast it's it's evolving that now to even say that he was a young man who became a woman is offensive mm. because a young man doesn't become a woman according to current transgender ideology that would that would have been OK five years ago. But now it's not. And so it's insanity. It's what he says. And um, it's what Mueller said. He says, so here's what the deal is. The Democratic presidential nominee has embraced this ideology enthusiastically one that should be a problem for us as believers Two, that the current political and moral movement is now on one side of the political equation to the point that these issues are non-negotiable i mean they are they're absolutely celebrated which they're celebrating stuff that is so anti-god in his design and third the moral revolutions taking place so fast that even the politicians who are trying to be progressive can't even keep up with it that should alarm everybody yeah uh that's uh pretty outstanding uh we will be back with more after the break we'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors a store and window as well as a special thanks to our sponsors tom neal trucking and a special thanks to jeff andrews of highway to eternity ministries if you would like to sponsor the program please email us at doug at SWATradio.com. that's doug at SWATradio.com. as i said earlier you can also follow us on facebook and twitter at swat radio talk is the handle that is at swat radio talk And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We will be back with more uh, here in a second. We'll be talking about Hebrews today. Uh, So we would like for you to stay tuned and listen to that. You're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talked in the uh, opening segment a little bit about uh, the news of the day, talking about uh, uh, Biden's uh, town hall and an answer he gave last Thursday because we had not met um, up until that point uh, with Friday being a uh, guest day. Um, And we have a guest today or this week, uh, Thursday, Al Mohler will be on. So make sure you... uh, Tune in for that because we were actually talking about uh, his article on that topic, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah so. well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the election because um, he, he's been talking about a lot about things. He, he's just widely read. He, he's got a, a, a new book out. I, I don't know how new it is, um, but it's uh, about just the culture revolution. Mm. And uh, I think it's called The Gathering Storm. It came out this year, and it, it is about secularism, the culture, and the church, how how it's impacting the church. Uh, he wrote a book back in 15 called We Cannot Be Silent that had a lot of the same issues mm. back then. And so um, anyway, uh, I, uh, we're going to have him just talking about that. But he does this daily briefing. It's worth noting and taking advantage of. You can just go on. Google and put in the briefing and Al Mohler, M-O-H-L-E-R, and it'll come up. Um, But anyway, you know, I was talking to you, one of the things before we get into Hebrews this week, this week, by the way, we're talking about racing and uh, talking specifically about um, 
running the race of faith. Mm. And but before we get into that, I was talking to you about, um, you know, the whole transgender issue. We were talking about Biden being on board and um, and then how some places are starting to ban women who are men mm-hmm. who say they're identifying as a woman uh, to run in these races against females. Yeah, uh, These are males. They're not women. They're not girls. They are males who are identifying as a female, even though their DNA and biological makeup are males. Mm-hmm. And a lot of places are starting to say that this is wrong. Uh, uh, just, you know, um, it's funny because different states have different policies, but a lot of parents are getting upset when their daughters mm-hmm. are running against a transgender girl who is not a girl. It's a guy who says he's a girl and they're just killing them in the runs because their bodies are male bodies. And if you look uh, as a general rule, the male body is made up differently. That doesn't mean that there's not some women that mm-hmm. are, but to my knowledge right now, I don't think any women have completed the infantry officers course at Quantico, Virginia in the Marine Corps. I was in the Marines and I know that they were trying to get them through, but it's grueling. And so they kept lowering some of the standards because they just physically could not meet the standards because of the body makeup, the way the way their bodies are, they're just different. Yeah, physiologically, men and women are different, and the bone structure and uh, kind of. I think I, I heard someone talking about women's hips and how they, ha- they have to be wider to accommodate birth, but the way that it's set up makes it difficult to run in the same way that men can. Yeah, and so th- those are just you know things that you you can't change no matter how you dress it up that are that are different and it's not you know people who have the idea that gender is just uh something that's constructed either they don't really understand kind of the physiological aspects of it or they you know they don't care uh that much but yeah that's a big difference and i know a few years ago there was a a guy who fought as a woman in uh, not the ufc but in another fighting thing and he was messing people up uh you know like broke a girl's face and stuff like because that because it was a man identifying as a girl mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember years ago there was a movie about a guy who pretended to be a girl playing basketball pro basketball it was oh, like a movie joanna man yeah yeah <laughs> joanna yeah. man and at the time it was kind of, it was funny yeah because he dominated everything yeah as a woman because he went in there as a male basketball player and you know the Economist just read, ran an article about how the World Rugby Organization banned transgender women from competing at the international championship. And and the reason is because they say they have an unfair advantage. They they just can't come in there. Uh, they They bring an unfair advantage to the table because science doesn't lie. And what cracks me up is the people who are so progressive in the way they think about science – who are screaming about science of climate control and everything else, don't recognize the science of biology as it relates to the body. Mm -hmm. They want to put it off and say, you know what? 
whatever you think you whatever you think about you you can identify as everything but that's not true because i can't tell you i'm a horse (laughs) i mean i can't tell you that i i'm a dog although over in europe some cities have allowed people to identify as animals and actually they don't i mean used to you'd be locked up people (laughs) would baker act you or put you in jail for that but but where does it stop? I can't identify as an NBA player <laughs> as much as I would like to. We, we do draw lines every day, but because of political pressure, political correctness, and other things, um, you know, we, we've allowed this sexual deviance to go out there, which is so contrary to God's word. In the Old Testament, it deals with this issue. Of, of wearing women's clothes. It was a prohibition to not do that. Why? Because God's design was that a man marries a woman. They have a family. That's a base unit of the faith community. Doesn't mean we hate people who are living in sin like that. We, we try to speak truth to them and love them, but we don't affirm the sin. And that's where a lot of Christians, I think, are being weak and that they fail to address what the sin is and and they go well we all sin that's true but where else are we legislating um sin are we trying to affirm adultery as a as a constitutional right are we trying to affirm stealing as a constitutional right no we're not affirming those things so as believers i think we have a responsibility and on vote day we we go into that booth and we vote and we vote on these issues. I mean, th- these are things that we've got to consider as we go in to vote, that we've got to let our faith inform our vote. And again, just going back to what Dr. Grudem said a week and a half ago, we are voting for two very different platforms. It is. It has never been as divided. Even in 16, it wasn't as divided as it is now and more clear that there is a very progressive anti biblical platform as it relates to abortion family values um, versus homosexual uh, and transgender uh, rights uh, freedom of religion uh, the um, the freedom of speech freedom of speech uh, just the the way that you look at these uh, the economy and all this stuff what is better for our country as we move forward we're all in a race of faith, and when we go into that voting booth, uh, uh, you know, you can go now. They've opened up early voting, and they encourage people. I know I talked to people that waited an hour and a half this morning to go vote already because a lot of people are voting. Um, but you know how we stand up for Israel, how we stand up for religious freedom, not only here but abroad, and and really. I think those are issues when we go into the voting booth we have to pray about. And yeah. so, um, you know, th- this this passage that we're looking at today is a good one, Taylor, because this week we're in Hebrews 12, 1 to 4, and the first 10 chapters of Hebrews are very theological. They're kind of like the basis. It's like you lay a foundation, and then the writer says, okay, now go do this. And so it's kind of like the coach sitting you down, kind of telling you what you're going to do. This is the game plan. This is why you're going to do it. And now go do it. And you just step out on the field and you do it. So what we're calling this week the race of faith as we look at 
chapter 12 because he starts off with the word therefore in other words because of all this other stuff and just as a quick reminder the book of hebrews was written to a faith community in and around rome about 60 to 70 a.d and it was made up of three groups of people one group that were all in spiritually they had been regenerated by the holy spirit they had they're all in with jesus they've left the sacrificial system and and they're struggling they're being persecuted they're being uh, persecuted not only from romans but they're being persecuted from their own jewish brethren and so uh, the writers writing to encourage them but uh, there's a second group that's not all in they're intellectually bought in uh, and there's a third group that's still trying to figure it out so the letter is primarily written to encourage group two and three to repent and be all in with Jesus. That is, and it's got five warnings. We've looked at four in chapter uh, two. The first warning, don't drift from the message that Jesus is supreme. He's all you need. And the second warning is in Hebrews three. It's don't be hard hearted. Don't let your heart become hard to who God is, to what Jesus is. He's our high priest. And then uh, the third warning is in chapter five, six. Whoa. That's kind of, that? uh, I don't hey, I don't know what's going on. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, the third warning is in chapter five and six. Is don't waver, be all in. And uh, the whoa, that's we're getting a lot of feedback here. Uh, the fourth warning is in chapter ten. Don't be an apostate. And in other words, an apostate is somebody who receives the truth and then rejects the truth. And so he writes all these warnings to these people, and then he says. Be all in with Jesus. And when we come back, I'm going to have you read verses 1 through 4. And then we're going to look at this week that God calls us to run this race with his plan, with his purpose, and according to his pattern. Okay? All right. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout out to our...
That is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us before the news break, uh, we were just getting into Hebrews chapter 12, and we spent some time uh, before that talking a little bit about the news of the day and uh, the election and just everything that had gone on over the weekend. Uh, if you missed any of that, you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio in the App Store, or you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com, and you can uh, look for today's podcast. It, it should be our uh, today's program. It should be up in a couple hours. Uh, if you missed any of that, yeah, okay. hopefully, hopefully, got those tech difficulties worked yeah. out. You know, it's interesting. I was just reading a thing a friend of mine in India sent me. He's a pastor over there, and it was Trump, President Trump, at a rally saying, "We need help from the boss," pointing up, and he said, "We need help from God." Mm right now and he said i hope he gets reelected this is what it, this again i said this last week my christian friends in other countries who have been persecuted see him being and re reelected as a positive thing for mm-hmm. believers they don't have a they don't have an agenda they, they these guys know nothing of really what goes on here other than what they see on the media and they see it on an international media on their stations yeah. and on that, but they also follow on social media and they believe that, that he is the choice for the Christians, not because of his characters. Like Tommy Nelson said, Friday, we're not electing a Sunday school teacher. We're voting on a platform. And so I really encourage you if you're, if you're out there and First of all, if you're undecided, you know, I don't I don't know what would make you decide, but go to Wayne Grudem's website and really read those platform issues he's got. He's got a really, really good set of articles there about the difference between the two platforms and go into the voting booth informed. And, and as we run our race of faith, one of the things we do, God has placed you and me, if you're listening to this, most likely in this country where we have freedom and uh, Dr. Grudem called it a small slice of authority of influence that we can have. And so we got to ask ourselves the question, how are we running our race of faith? When people see us, do they see faith put on display? I mean, the, the race of faith of our Christian life starts when we become born again and it ends when we're put in the casket but it doesn't end for us. It just ends on earth. That's the race mm-hmm. here. So we have to ask ourselves, why are we running? What's the purpose? Are we running it like a sprint or a marathon? Where's our focus as we're running? The Christian life is a faith race. It's a marathon. It is not jogging and it's not a sprint, but it's a run. And uh, this is just an analogy the writer used and, as I said before we went to break, we're going to look at verses 1 through 4 this week. And today, specifically, we're going to look at verse 1. But we've got to have a long-term perspective 
And God calls us to run our race of faith according to his plan. His plan, not ours. You know, Taylor, have you ever, what's the farthest you've ever run? Six miles. Was it for a race or just for you? Just, yeah, just because, <clears throat> just training. Okay. So if you were just training, would, like, if you were running in a race and let's say there were a thousand people running, would you run it a little different than when the day you just ran? Yeah. You would, because it's a race, right? Yeah. What's the purpose of a race? To win. To win, to get to the finish line. You want to get through the finish line. You want to run it as fast as you can. Even if you know you're not going to win, you want your best time ever on a race. You want to beat yourself. You, yeah, yeah, you want to go out there and do it. Well, if if you had the opportunity to talk to Bill Rogers, you know who Bill Rogers is? He's one of the greatest marathoners of all time. So if let's say Bill Rogers was here and you had the opportunity to talk to him and get a plan together, would you take advantage of that? Yeah. You, sure, if you, especially if you were going to run yeah, a 26-mile yeah. race. Yeah. As a marathon, that's a long way. Mm-hmm. You've run six. Multiply that four times almost. That's, that's a long way. The furthest I've ever run is 10 miles. So nobody just does a marathon by winging it. You don't just go, okay, I'm just going to go out there and show up. Yeah. Everybody has a plan. You train. And the problem with our view of the christian life a lot of times is we wing it Mm -hmm. we just say okay i'm all in with jesus okay i'm just going to wing it we don't plan we don't train we don't think about the race itself we just try to wing it and i find it interesting that he lays out this in verse one two three and four that god wants us to run according to his plan his purpose and his pattern and and we're going to look at the plan first. So I want you to read verses one through four. Specifically, we're going to zero in on his plan today. Okay. All right. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin you have not yet in you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. So he starts off this text in verse one saying therefore remember every time you see that you got to go back so what was prior to this not just the first 10 chapters of hebrews but specifically in chapter 11 he gave a laundry list of great men and women of faith who put faith on display and it says since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses and when i've been taught growing up about that it's like Picture yourself in a race in a stadium and all those people in chapter 11 are sitting there clapping for you, cheering mm-hmm. you on. That's really not what it means. Um, the, the word witnesses there is the word marturos, which means martyr. Mm-hmm. This, we, we get the word martyr from it, which means a testifier, somebody who is testifying so strongly as a martyr, they're giving their life up for whatever their cause is. And so, 
What that really is saying, since we're surrounded by all these great examples, that would be a better reading of it. Uh, since we're surrounded by all these models for us, it says, let us lay aside every weight and sin. So that's that's really important to understand. Now, you and I have had this conversation about the Old Testament before. There's a lot of people listening, maybe even, who don't read the Old Testament. They, I don't like the therefores. Or, I mean, this person begat this person or the Levitical priest or uh, all that, the priestly ro- rules, and I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me, so we don't read it. Well, I want you to uh, go to Romans 15.4. Romans 15.4, because many people don't read the Old Testament. Now, he just says here, since we're surrounded by these models, uh, let us lay aside the weight, the sin, and let us run with endurance arrayed as before us looking to Jesus. So he says, let us run because of these models we have. Read what Romans 15.4 says. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So where do we get hope? Where do we get the perseverance? By reading the scriptures of how God did it through other people in the past Mm -hmm. as an example. And so the best way to develop hope and to develop a perspective of winning the race and running the race well is to read the Old Testament examples. And sometimes you'll be reading a passage, and it'll be a long passage with a bunch of stuff that you go, I don't even get anything out of that. And then they'll throw in there a, a name that'll say, you know, um, and and he prayed Jabez, for instance, and Jabez prayed that God would enlarge his borders, and he did. I mean, just that little <laughs> statement like, wow. And and Bruce Wilkinson wrote a book yeah. about that, that that encouraged so many people. And that little phrase tucked in the middle. So we should read the Old Testament to see these marturos, these witnesses that surround us that are there for us. But He also mentions the word race. He says, as we run with endurance, the race, it may say contest in your translation, but it's the Greek word agona, which we get agony from. Mm. So let me read it with that. Let us, since we're surrounded by these, uh, this great cloud of martyrs, people who believe so strongly, they have courage, they have conviction. Let us lay aside the weight and sin and let us run with endurance, the agony set before us. Boy, that's a different perspective on the Christian life. Isn't yeah, it? that really is. When we come back, I want to di- dive into that a little more as we look at this running according to God's plan, okay? All right, we will be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without That is Freedom Hymn by Austin French. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. We have been talking about Hebrews chapter 12 and running the race, and we're going to continue to talk about that. But if you have any questions or would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. You know, uh, Taylor, I was thinking back to when I was in the Marine Corps, when I was going through uh, uh, officer candidate school and even uh, the basic officer course up at Quantico. They were showing us film and and mm. telling us stories of all the people that laid down their life as Marines who went before us who to inspire us, to encourage us. And as you read these stories in the Bible, you don't see perfect men and women. You see flawed men and women, but Mm -hmm. people who had courage, conviction like we talked about last week, and they ran their race of faith to the end. They persevered. Really, if you were to summarize this whole section, it would be about perseverance. The plan is to help you persevere. Um, the, the, The thing he talks about, these witnesses, these martyrs under agony, the, the word endurance is used in this uh, first verse. Uh, it says, let us run with endurance the race. That, that word means literally to remain under. So it's to remain under the agony. Most people don't think about the Christian life like that. Yeah. They think the Christian life relieves them from the agony. But no, it relieves us. From the penalty of sin, and it, and it conforms us to the image of Christ over our lifetime. So as we're running our race of faith, it's not like a lot of people on TV preach, mm-hmm. you know, that if you follow Jesus, your bank account's going to be flush. If you follow Jesus, you're going to have this really nice car, your bills will be paid off. You just got to have enough faith. Yeah. These people a lot of times teach 
faith and faith, not faith in Jesus. They mention Jesus, but what they really are about is I, I've heard some of them even say that if you have somebody that is not healed of cancer, it's not because of God uh, wanting them to deal with that. In fact, they say that's just flat out wrong theology. They say the person didn't have enough faith for the cancer to be gone. Hmm. Now that puts a lot of pressure on the people. Yeah. And you know, I, I just think it's almost spiritual abuse to do that to people. Well, yeah, especially when you think of Jesus saying, if you have faith the side of, size of a mustard seed, I mean, that's not like a ton of faith, you know, that you have to have. It's what you have the faith in. So you're talking about, oh, you got to have more faith. Uh, well, if your faith's in the right thing and that's what God wills in your life, it doesn't take a whole bunch of faith to move a mountain, you know? No. No, it doesn't. Well, let's let's look at the practical part of the God's plan. He calls us to run a race according to his plan. And so we've looked at the, the witnesses, the race endurance. But what does he say do? Well, he says to put off the useless, the weight and the sin. Those are two different things. So the useless is something otherwise good that weighs us down spiritually. So it can be a habit. It can be pleasure. It can be a place. It can be persons. It can be any of those things that are maybe good, but they're not God in your life at that moment. God doesn't want them, in other words. And so he says every weight. Now, specifically with the Hebrews that he's writing to here, I think he's talking about legalism, traditionalism, you know, traditions from the past, whether you're Catholic, Baptist, um, Seventh-day Adventist, Mormons, a lot of these groups of people come to Christ and they bring those traditions with them and they think, well, if I burn a candle, God, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be more holy. Mm-hmm. If, if I pray to this saint, God will hear that prayer because I'm praying to a saint. Mm-hmm. If I pray to Mary, that's what people are taught in the Catholic faith. Yeah. Uh, they think a uh, seventh day Adventist. Well, I, I can't worship on this day or God won't love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they make a special day. Well, Paul addresses these things in Colossians 2, 16 through 23, where he says, these people are coming in telling you in Colossae, you know, you can't eat, you can't touch, you can't do these things. You have to have a special day. These are all things that are wrong. This is wrong theology, he says. No, you don't need any of that. With Christ, we have the Spirit. The Spirit leads us. And so uh, you can't bring all the stuff from your past into your relationship with Christ. He wants to shed that stuff, and he says those are weights. You put those off. God may may have used some of those things even to get you Mm -hmm. to where you are. Like the the, the weight analogy is in that culture back then, they would train for the Olympic races by putting weights on their body and Mm -hmm. running. Mm -hmm. Then on race day, they took them off. Well, he's saying in the race, take off that weight. That is traditionalism. Get rid of it, right? It's legalism. But he also says, put off the sin that entangles us, that surrounds us. Now, this is sensuality, jealousy, lying, apathy. Here's what it is for the people that he's writing to, and I think it applies to us too. It's unbelief, hard heart. What's the problem with group two and three? Ultimately, they have a hard heart. They've not yielded their heart to Christ. And Jesus always acted in belief with the Father. He was sinless, right? So sin is always acting in unbelief. 
When we sin, no matter what we do, what we're saying at that moment practically in our life, I don't believe you, God. I don't believe you. Because if we believed that our sin was bad, we wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. If we believe disobedience to God is what put Christ on the cross, we wouldn't do it. But at that moment, we're acting in unbelief. And he's saying, throw that off. Every weight and sin, notice he says, which clings so closely. That word means to really surround us. I remember when we lived on the river, we um, we had a possum that kept coming in to underneath the house, and one mm. of them got in the house. So I trapped, I put a trap outside, tried to trap it with ham. That didn't work. Mm. And then I put a cookie with honey on it. And man, when that he went into that trap and he got trapped, he was mad. He tried to get out of that trap all night because we were asleep. He had dug a hole in the ground underneath, bloodied his claws trying to claw out, but he could not get out. Mm. That's what sin does. It will take you farther than you want to go, cost you more than you want to pay. And and that's what sin does. And God gives us commands in his word. And one of the greatest sins that we face in the church right now, believe it or not, is pornography among men and leaders. Forty percent, according to one survey of pastors and leaders are addicted to pornography that's insane i mean when as when god's word says in first thessalonians first thessalonians 4 it says this is the will of god your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality yeah. and that is it's not victimless mm-hmm. that's where they get trafficking they traffic those girls to make those videos and and sin is always acting in unbelief and the problem when a pastor, a leader, or a man looks at that junk, or even a woman looks at that pornography, they're saying at that moment, I don't believe you, God, that, that you're a vengeful person against people who take advantage of children like this yeah. or, uh, or victims like this. And that's what he says. He says, beware. Uh, in First Thessalonians 4, he says, you're not just disregarding man. You're disregarding God. Yeah. And that's what he's saying. Throw off those sins. Throw off every weight. Throw off every sin. So uh, Colossians three. Uh, I don't know if we got time. I know we're running on a. We're we're almost two. But Colossians three verse five says this. It says, "Put to death what is earthly in you: sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, coveting, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming." Do we believe that? I mean, that's pretty clear, pretty unambiguous. He goes on to say, you used to walk in these when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Apparently, the Colossians church was still struggling. And it says, put away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Listen, we're living in a day now where you turn on the TV, used to, they say stuff on the news that they never would have said. That was outlaw. You couldn't even say it. Mm-hmm. You would have to pay an FCC fine. But now they're saying cuss words on there with regularity. And we can become like the frog in the kettle. We become used to it, yeah. and it'll come out of our mouths too. He says, put these things away. Remember, when you don't, you're acting in unbelief. Now, the beautiful part is if you're a believer, if you're in group one, you're, you've been all in with him, and he's changed your heart. The cross takes that away, but we're still running the race. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you you just when you do it you say oh it's okay. 
you repent and turn and say, no, I don't want this to hinder me, to entrap me and keep me from getting to the finish line. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I find it uh, true and so much more difficult now that we live in a culture that uh, glamorizes those things. You know, you were talking about that with uh, the language, but also with um, sex and and that's all over the place. It's all on TV. And it says, you know, God's way of just between a man and a woman isn't. Now that's you know you know that's not right, and so when we fall into that, like with the cussing or with 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 the uh, pornography, that's saying you know what I don't believe God when He said that sex should be between a man and a woman, and that's where it'll be good. And a man and a woman who are married, yes, yes. and in God's eyes, yeah, 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 because that's a big issue in our culture too. And you have young people today that rationalize that away and and say, well, it's okay for us to do this, and that is. Going against God's mm-hmm. design. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I used to teach psychology, and I told in the psychology class that statistically people who cohabitate before they get married end up divorcing at higher rates. And the kids, you know, these are like 11th, 12th grade kids, that that blew their mind. They're like, no way, because the culture says that's what you have to do before you get married. You have just to, to try people out. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the way they, they view that. Well, yeah. it, it is very clear that that can entangle you. And so here's the thing. As we get ready to kind of go out, I know our time's coming to an end. I want you to think about this question. What's weighing me down right now? Not my wife, not my kids, not my friends. What's weighing me down in my race of faith? And come to God and say, God, take this away. Take this weight off me, this sin off me. I want to run with endurance. All right, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual